the Jason Garrett Clap Podcast. <laughs> Rename it. All right. Hey guys, welcome to the Big Blue United Podcast. My name is TJ. I'm here with Colin. What's up, Colin? Uh yeah. Uh, uh I've been better. Same. Same. Yeah. And then uh, you know, Dan won't be with us tonight, but we have the founder of Big Blue United, Ian, with us. Ian, what's up tonight? Um, depressed like most Giants fans, but uh, I'm I'm try- <laughs> I'm trying to get through this uh, awful Monday. Same as it ever was. I'm. Don't forget, guys, to please subscribe to at Pigskin Pod Net on Twitter as we are part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. And don't forget to sub- subscribe to Big Blue United on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So I mean, obviously, let's just jump into the most glaring thing is the injuries. So we have Galladay is at least out another week. Saquon, two to four weeks. Jones, presumably out another week in concussion protocol. Or Darius Williams tore his ACL. So I think, Ian, you had you had posted a tweet basically saying that eight out of 11 Giants starters or projected starters were out by the second half of the of the Dallas game. Where does this team go from here with, with basically just nobody left on offense? I mean, I know they say the next guy up mentality, but... Who is who? Who is going to be worth the next guy up? I don't know. Ian, what's your thoughts? So I posted that in the first half, seven of the 11 were out. And then Galladay didn't show up in the, for the start of the third quarter. And I'm like, okay, there's something wrong. And, of course, we find out that he's out. And thankfully, he avoided a serious knee injury. And he's out for at least a week. I'd, I'd imagine a couple. But... Yeah, I don't know. And and of the three players that are still left standing, it's Nate Solder who had one of the worst performances at left tackle, yet didn't didn't allow a sack. But as everyone saw, Randy Gregory just abused him completely. And Kyle Rudolph, who no one thought was going to be healthy for week one, started week one, has played ever since, but he's basically invisible on the field Garrett doesn't look for him in the red zone and that's why he was signed to catch passes in the red zone um and then you have will hernandez who had an awful season last year he's i think he's picked it up a little bit he's he's shown some bright spots and and but overall I, i mean if jones is out i have absolutely no faith that this team can win period i if whether saquon the rest of the team were healthy i just don't have faith without Jones. And I think that says a lot about Jones right now, because I wouldn't have said that last season um, where we saw Colt McCoy win a game versus a a pretty substantial defense in Seattle. Uh, He didn't do much in that game, but it still got the win and managed the game. I just don't see that in Mike Glennon. And I think Mike Glennon and Devontae Booker played their hearts out in the second half. And I don't think you can expect much more from them. But there's only so much Tony can do for an offense. And he's phenomenal. And I just – I think the Rams game is going to be a blowout. I, I do. I don't think the Giants can even keep it in within two scores, two touchdowns, that is. I, I just don't know. And then if you see – I think we saw Christian McCaffrey's questionable for this week and leaning towards playing, and that's the following game. And, and it's another home game. And I think that's going to be a difficult one, too, because our defense can't stop the run at all. We can't stop Calvin anything, Tomlinson. really. We, yeah, <laughs> we, can't, we can't catch a cold at this point. Uh, um, I, I just it's, it's just depressing, unfortunately. And 
thankfully Tony has given us something worth watching because he has shown he could be something special. Um, he definitely maybe, punches above his weight. I, I was going to say, maybe he's special in the UFC as well, not just in the <laughs> NFL. But uh, I'm glad he's not going to be suspended. At least that's what all reports are leaning towards. And He's going to be fined, right? He's going to be fined. But I, I, it really upsets me. Like I really wasn't ups- truly that upset about it because I wanted to punch someone yesterday after watching. <laughs> it was more I wanted to punch Patrick Graham than the Cowboys. But uh, it just really upsets me when I see Joe Judge so fiery on the 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 aftermath of Tony's punch. But you don't see any of that after a loss. Like, uh, he accepts losing much more than he does a player making one just awful decision while he played his heart out the rest of the entire game. Yeah, let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. Um, you also tweeted that you said Judge said Kadarius Tony wasn't ready until injuries forced him to receive snaps. Judge made it clear Matt Pert wasn't ready until an injury to Andrew Thomas. And you asked the question: Are we sure Joe Judge knows what he's doing out there? What, what's your answer to that question? I, I gotta tell you, I, I loved everything that Joe Judge brought to the table in in year one. I really did. I think the way he speaks, the way he handles the media, like. I now I think it's it might be a mirage. Like I, I I think he is truly a fantastic motivational speaker. I just don't know if he can coach football. And maybe he can coach special teams, but our special teams hasn't been anything to write home about by any means. Riley Dixon, no one's gonna talk about him, but he's playing just very subpar for what he had been year over year. Yeah. And I, I just don't know if he is a head coach in the NFL. Same for Shermer, who is a fantastic offensive coordinator, just can't be a head coach. And we seem to continue this trend of hiring assistants who may not be able to handle the load of head coach. And right now I'm leaning towards that with Judge unless something changes the rest of the season. I thought of something when you, when you mentioned uh, his fieriness and when it comes out. Him showing that it only comes out when someone throws a punch is like the 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 Giants class John Mara, for lack of better words, wet dream because he's just like oh oh he know he you know you got to make sure that that they're they stay in line and they're they're good men and it's almost to the point where overwinning at this point. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but like, really, why don't you hire someone who can actually coach football who might be a bit of, of, a, of a, a hard ass and, you know, actually do something? It doesn't seem, he seems over his head. I mean, I'd say, you know, at this point, it's just tear it all down. We wanted Gettleman gone for so long. I think you bring in a new GM and you bring in a new head coach, but I do think at this point, I'm, I'm leaning towards that I like Jones, and I think the Giants will have two high draft picks. They'll have plenty of ammo to do whatever they want, whether it's to move up and get premier edge rusher or pick up an edge rusher and a tackle. I mean, whatever the new person decides uh, to take over for Gettleman decides to do. But at this point, like, the season's over. I think last week we, we jumped, like, in joy that we saw this offensive breakthrough and – you know, with, with all the starters being out for at least one to two weeks and with the, like, total onslaught of a most difficult schedule you could possibly imagine coming up, 
I mean, I don't see how the Giants aren't, you know, one in nine at, at, at the end of this, you know, it, it's hard. I can't see the Giants beating the Rams. That's first and foremost. Panthers, that's another story that we'll see. Um, but the Chiefs, no shot. And I know the Chiefs are two and three right now, but there's no shot we're stopping Mahomes with this defense. No. Nope. There's none. And Brady's playing better than, he, honestly, he may ever have. It, it's just ridiculous how at Insane. 44 years old, he's throwing for 400 yards and five touchdowns. Like, th- this is truly one of the more, one of the most remarkable stories in sports history, to be honest. Um, the way he can play at such a, a, an elder statesman of the NFL. But I, I hate talking about the draft and about the future <laughs> or it's we're week six it's like we can't get to halloween and enjoy football like i i'm not excited to go to a home giants game as a season ticket holder this sunday i'm just not and and i and i'm, I'm excited to watch tony but i just really don't have faith that the organization can turn it around as it's currently constructed and i think a lot of it has to do with coaching more so with the front office. I do believe Gettleman made some fantastic selections. Like I, I think the Tony pick was a good one. Whether he can keep his head on straight is another story. And I know John Mara loves his choir boys uh, on this team, but choir boys, choir, choir boys don't win Super Bowls. And we've seen that in the 80s, in the 90s, hmm. and you know, Brandon Jacobs, Antro Roll will tell you flat out they are not choir boys. And they like to ruffle feathers. They like to talk smack. I mean, I, I still remember Brandon Jacobs attacking Rex Ryan verbally ah. after they beat down <laughs> that team after Cruz got that 99-yard touchdown. He called it was phenomenal. I mean, that, that's you need players who show that emotion, who fire up a team, and the Giants just don't have that. They don't. And – I, I was going back with a lot of Giants fans on Twitter today and, and as it relates to Leonard Williams. And I, I like Leonard Williams as a football player. I do. And a lot of fans don't think I do, but I do. I think he's a very good football player. The problem that the Giants have is they're paying him like he's a top five player at his position in the league. And he's just not. He's not elite. He's very good. He's borderline Pro Bowl. He's not an all pro. And the loss of Dalvin Tomlinson is just so massive for the run defense. And no one believed that he was going to be that big of a loss. And it was so hard for me to let him go. I had personally preferred if we weren't keeping Leonard Williams on the franchise tag, which was my hope all along, was to to keep Dalvin Tomlinson and go find another pass rusher because I didn't think Leonard Williams was being paid for that position that, or being, he was being paid too much for his position. I look at a Trey Hendrickson for the Bengals, who's making 6 million less per year. And he's a pass rush machine. He's getting to the quarterback week in and week out. And we see some glimpses from Leonard Williams, but he's paid like he should be in the face of the quarterback consistently week in, week out. And he's just not that player. So it's, it's hard. It's hard. And, and to your point, TJ, on, as it relates to Jones, I, I believe in Jones too. My worry, and this is looking forward to, and as I said, I don't like doing that. But when you have two first-round draft picks, if you have a new GM and you have a new head coach, 
I'd honestly be shocked if Jones is still here mm. because, because they're going to want their own guy and there's going to be a lot of disgruntled people who want out. Deshaun Watson's going to be available. Aaron Rodgers is going to be available. Russell Wilson is very likely going to be available. This isn't, this is an off season, which I know is oh, far away from now still where there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks available more so than even last year, which, you know, Stafford was available other Brady. I mean, Brady two years ago, I mean, there's more quarterbacks available now than we've had in recent memory. And yeah, I don't, I have no idea what the future is going to look like, but like, like you said, TJ, I don't think there's a lot of wins coming up, especially in the near future with the powerhouses that we're going to be facing and the injuries that we have in front of us. I think it's funny you mentioned a free agent quarterback because it's not something that I had really thought about. But, I mean, if, if you're a free agent quarterback looking at the Giants' weapons that they have, that's intriguing. And if you look at how Andrew Thomas had been playing, I mean, it's so obvious how important he was to this line because with, with him gone, you know, they just I, – I realize I didn't give too many sacks, but they just folded pressure. Jones was running for his life. I mean, I realize he got injured on a design run play for himself. And, you know, that's one of the things about Jones you have to consider too is that – he has to be the leading rusher on this team. He has to do everything for this team right now, especially with everybody out. And with him not playing, Glennon is not going to come. He, you know, he'll stick his neck out for you. But he won't – he's not he, He's not the same player. And without Saquon, it, it really hurts. And Booker, I think, was – he was playing hard, but he was averaging, you know, two yards a carry. The, the offensive line just wasn't getting any push. But we really need to see Solder out of the lineup because I thought Pert was actually the second highest – PFF-rated uh, giant on the offense. I don't know why Solder's out there. Like, you are losing games. You're clearly, like, not going to make the playoffs at this point. It's like, get the young guys some reps. See what we have for the future. I mean, like, when you go back to this free agent quarterback thing, I mean, Tom Brady, who, by the way, By- Byron Leftwich is the offensive coordinator for the Bucks, right? Tom Brady was in his third season when uh, Byron Leftwich was a rookie. Yeah. It's unbelievable. <laughs> like, I, I was looking at this thing, this uh, Instagram post where this guy was going through the Madden 2005 rosters, and some of the players, like, you know, Keyshawn oh, was playing, that. Emmett Smith was playing, you know, Asante Samuel and Joe Horn's kids are in the NFL now, and they were playing. So, I mean, Brady, you know, I, I know they said he wanted to go to the 49ers, but if you look at the wide receivers they had in the Bucks, it was kind of a no-brainer for him. So, I hope they stick with Jones, and I hope Jones gives the next people, if there are next people, a reason to stick with him too, because I think the draft cap would be used a lot differently, but you're right, man. Talking about the draft in week six is kind of insane. It's but. awful. And, and, but you know, the, as a giants fan, there's, that's the, like the most promising thing to think about. And I also said earlier on Twitter too, like the, the one positive piece, the rest of the season is Strahan's Jersey retirement. I'm going it's versus the Eagles. And at, after Thanksgiving and how many, Giants fans are going to attend that if the team has one win, two wins. It's it's going to be frightening. And I really, honestly, I really hope Mara and Tish just force their way in and move that to next season because he deserves better. Yeah. And I don't think Mara wants to be booed because he's going to get booed again. Yeah, Colin, what do you think of that? I mean, obviously that's a cool game to go to. Like, if they move that to the beginning of next season, would you be happy about it? I mean, like you wouldn't maybe get to go to that game, but it's better than sitting with all the Eagles fans. I, I would rather it be that way. My dad and I were talking uh, when we found out what tickets we were getting this year because, Ian, I don't know if you recall, but we split them with my cousins. So we get four, they get four, 
and we always flip flop the the cowboy game every year and then kind of pick and choose what we would want after that um yeah i i, I don't know i i'd rather move it i don't care if i miss it and i don't get it next year i don't think it's fair to strahan it, he, and because he hates the eagles more than anybody i think he hates the eagles more than the cowboys actually it a lot seems of battles with runyon man over the exactly. years exactly you know? it's also a respect factor too yeah yeah, yeah. um Speaking of my dad, I watched. I rarely watch games with my dad on TV anymore. It just doesn't end up happening. I go to games with him, but I usually don't, you know, go up to his house and sit on a couch and for four hours and watch it. We did, uh, and you know, we yelled at each, at each other a couple of times because, like, he doesn't. <laughs> I kept talking about how Devonte Booker is paid too much, and he's just like, "You got to stop talking about how much he's getting paid." I'm like, "Dad." You have to understand, if he wasn't paid that much, maybe the team would be better because then the money would have went somewhere else. And he's just like, nah, but he's on the team now. So you got to you gotta appreciate he runs hard, and that's the whole thing. I'm like, yeah, Dad, that's cool, but we're not winning. So I don't care how hard the man runs. I really don't. Did you ask your dad if he, if he thinks this is worse than the 1970s? Thank you for saying that because I was going to bring that up. I literally asked him that two weeks ago. And what was his answer? It, it, I mean— I think his memory is a little cloudy from that that era for, you know, literal reasons and otherwise. Um, uh, but, I mean, that was awful. The 70s from 63 to 79 was like the worst. And that was a long time of like the feeling that we have right now for these past four or five-ish years or more if you want. It was that the entire time. So I guess that was worse. But this seems like the worst. I mean, wait, right Ian, was it you that tweeted that the Giants would have to win every single game to week eight next season for Gettleman to hit a 500 record? I mean, that's bad. Dan Dugan tweeted that. He, they have to win 20 straight games to hit 500. It's it's bad. And I, to the 70s point, my father has reminisced about that, and he hates, like your father, Colin, to do yeah. that because it's just such terrible memories. <laughs> but he says right now is so much worse than the 70s because – that those teams were awful. Like there was no talent there. There were yeah. maybe one or two players to speak of. These teams, especially this year, has a lot of talent. They just have no idea how to win. They just simply don't know how to win. And that's a bigger problem because the expectation to win at least 500, I mean, we're not asking for a lot here. <laughs> we can barely win six. In this season, who knows? Uh, it's just so depressing. I, I can't I can't do this anymore in terms of like not looking forward to this stuff. Like I I, I I've been lamenting it for a couple episodes, or, or actually since we started this because it's been a bad run. And it's like I had to get to a certain point where I'm like numb to it, where I can't care too much because it ruins my week, so I don't allow it to ruin my week. But the problem with that is is I care less, and I don't like that. I want to care again. I want to be made to feel like I should care. And that is the biggest problem right now. It's insane. It's hard. I know exactly what you're going through, 100%. I, I feel the same way. I, I don't I, – and I have a lot of fans who reach out to me and DM me, or, or, or they ask, like, what do you, how do you feel about the season? Because you always defend the Giants a lot – but then you're also negative after losses. And I just tell them flat out, I am realistic. I am not a homer. I say how I feel. I say how it is um, as close as, I, as much as I can. But at the end of the day, I'm depressed as a fan. 
And if I take it as seriously as I used to, my whole week would be bad. Now at least it's just Monday. Yep. But like you said, Colin, I, I'm not excited as a season ticket holder to go to games the rest of this season if we're going to continue to play like this, to lose like this. I mean, if we can't trot out a legitimate starting lineup, I mean, we're basically putting a preseason lineup together on offense and the defense plays like they're playing in the preseason, even though it's mostly starters, except for Blake Martinez. I, it is very depressing. And I think there's just so much negativity out there and it's trying to combat that a little bit to, to reel it in and look at the bright spots like Tony being one of them, Matt Pert being one of them from, from uh, yesterday, which yeah. doesn't get discussed enough, but it's hard. It's hard. And a lot of fans already are starting looking at mock drafts and it just, it's, it's hard. I, I'm supposed to have, uh, have my mom come down from Rhode Island to go to the game this Sunday and like, it'll be a good time with her, but we know what we're getting into. Like we might as well just laugh the whole time or try to. So I don't know. And this is basically New York sports in a nutshell. I mean, I, I have not seen a fan base as a whole for New York sports rely so much on the New York Knicks like they are this season <laughs> because no one else can be relied upon except for the Knicks. Of all teams that have been a disaster for New York sports, it's the Knicks that are giving fans that the most amount of hope. We, we might switch over to a Knicks blog uh, in the middle of this season. I'm pumped to see Kemba, man. I'm so happy Kemba's on the Knicks. But uh, go back to your point, the last time any New York team won a championship with the Yankees in 2009, it's a while. It's a while. Well, I mean, Giants won more recently than that. Wait. 2011? Oh, you're right. I'm well, sorry. 2012. Giants won in 2012. Was the Giants the last time? Yeah. Yes. Oh, wow. 2012. Right. But 2011 season, 20, they won yeah. in 2012. But, yeah, okay, yes, okay. a decade. It will uh, go well, a full decade without it. Speaking Which of not remembering things and being having a cloudy memory, Colin. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what these past couple of seasons have done. That's what's happened, man. I guess you just want to forget. I mean, I don't know. It's just... What I, the only it thing makes I you want appreciate, is, Eli, that much more yeah, now. Sure. It really does. I don't want to like feel like I want to turn the game off halfway through every week. That's that's where I'm at too. And I'm you know I don't get a ton of time with my family because of my job. And I'm just like, am I going to spend my Sunday doing this? And I'm like, you know, maybe not. You know, I, I love I love like you said, watching Tony play is probably the only thing that has brought me joy in the past two weeks. I don't know. Jones a little bit when he was in there. It's it's just rough. and I will say about Jones, th there's one thing, and I think he's played phenomenal. The injury was tough, but and he's played phenomenal. I think he has a bright future. But there's just one thing that is now I I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get over, and it's the fact he has yet he I, I fully assume he's missing this week. I'd be shocked if he plays this week. Yeah. But that will mean he's missed a, at least one game in every season that he's played, where we just came from the longest tenured quarterback streak that in Giants history, with Eli Manning never missing a start. And Daniel Jones' best asset is his legs. We saw what happened to RG3. We saw what happened to all these other quarterbacks who run. There's injuries galore. And that's the one concern I have with Jones. It's less about the turnovers now, which is like really nice to say, but the injury concern 
is now something that's apparent for me. And, and again, this is his first concussion. It's not something that I think is going to, you know, be, be an issue long-term, but it's, this is just another injury to add to the plate that he's going to probably force him to miss another game. So yeah, Tony, <laughs> Don't, Tony. This, well, this I, I just, I just want to say one thing. I mean, that, the scariest thing is just, it, he was like foaming from the mouth and everything when he was stumbling around. It's like, Oh man, I, I can't, I can't, I can't. And, uh, and I'll tell you, sport. That, uh, you know, on that play, on that play, and I don't respect the Cowboys ever, ever. There are very few Cowboys I've actually respected DeMarcus Ware, Jason Witten being two of them. But DeMonte Kazee, I believe that's how you pronounce his name. If I'm not, I'm sorry. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. But after Jones stumbled, if you watch the replay, he started going right over to help him yeah. before the ref came in. And I appreciate that because football is a brotherhood. And you saw, like, there was no hesitation from him. Yeah. He wanted to help support him. So kudos to him for, for you know, being a good sport there and trying to help out a fellow uh, brother in the sport. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, there were very few bright spots less uh, – yesterday afternoon to say the least yeah tony tony was definitely the bright spot for sure regardless of the punch and he didn't even land it which is good because he probably would have broke his hand as we've talked about many times about closed hand punches on helmets punching a guy in the helmet like what i understand you're agitated but think briefly for one second like i I don't know i think it i think it is hilarious why there's so many players who just go for the helmet go anywhere else with the punch yeah. Like I know there's pads, but it's not something that's going to hurt you in return if you <laughs> land it. And if you want to go for the helmet, grab it. <laughs> because yeah. that at least gets it makes an impact. Yeah. But yeah, this the the whole thing was just it put a damper on that performance because he may have gone over 200 if he didn't get thrown out. Yeah. You know what's bizarre about the Cowboys? I was just thinking about it. Mike McCarthy is an awful coach. And they win despite him every single week. Their offense is uber talented. And Dak Prescott is better than I think everyone says he is, even though they, they, people say he's an MVP candidate. I don't even think he gets the credit he deserves, honestly. Well, they run the ball so much that that's why, what, what takes away from him. Well, that, that's part of their offense, man. And, you know, they don't have that real, like, you know, crazy vaunted, you know, offensive line like they used to. But, you know, they make the Giants front seven look like, you know, a bunch of Swiss cheese or whatever. That defensive front, I don't know what's going on. And the, the DTs are getting more pressures than the outside linebackers. You got 40, I think, Ian, you tweeted, you got $47 million tied up in Leonard Williams and James Bradbury next year. James Bradbury is just getting burned every game. I mean, that CeeDee Lamb touchdown was bad. I realize people say love was supposed to be over there. If you're making that amount of money, aren't you supposed to be shutting guys down? Last year, he did that. You're well, paid but, to be on an island. But my, my issue is, this, I mean, this goes back to Graham. Why is he having him line up 15 yards off the ball to start? There's more zone than man, and I know that may, may have tied to something to do with the lack of pass rush. I guess I get that, but that's not working either, so you might as well switch it up. The, the, you know, and, and at some point, you need to stack the box, and I think Graham you know, ran one, one, like the least amount of plus one in the boxes of all, all the whole season this game. And you know, they had 100 yards on the ground, like I think in the first quarter. 515 total yards they gave up. That's not sustainable. Like it's definitely it was very embarrassing. And and I, I was I was down on Dak early on. And I think 
I think Dak fits in a, in, in a different category than most where I have um, like, there's the elite of the elite, which Her- Herbert is now a hundred percent a part yeah. of. He's a superstar. And I don't think Dak is there. I think Dak needs the other weapons around him where Herbert doesn't matter who's around him. He's going to make it work one way or another. Dak needs a running game. He needs the offensive line. I don't think he needs the the receiving weapons per se, as long as he has the time, but he just so happens to have two superstar receivers and Gallup who hasn't even played recently is also very underrated and they're missing Lawrence on defense. They're missing their defensive tackle and in Neville, I believe if they have a defense with that offense staying healthy, it's going to frustrate the crap out of me the rest of the season because they are going to be a serious Super Bowl contender in the NFC. And the fact that they don't have to go through San Diego, Kansas City, and Buffalo, to name a few, in the yeah. AFC, it's it's basically, in my, in my opinion, it's the Rams, the Bucks, and maybe the Packers. And I think it's just an easier road in the NFC for the Cowboys because they're going to steamroll the NFC and they may get a bye because of how easy the division may end up being for them. It's so weak. The NFC is, is bizarrely weak, more so than, than it's been in years past, which is just like I, the ebbs and flows of that every year is so bizarre to me. Don't sleep on the Cardinals either. I, I, I'm a true. believer in the Cardinals. That's true. And, and you know what? I forgot, I forgot about them. And I think Murray is – he's right there to becoming an elite quarterback because he's that dual threat, but – he has a way, very similar to Russell Wilson, he has a way he uses his legs only when he needs to use his yeah. legs. And that is a talent when you're a quarterback that is very difficult to come by. And Russell Wilson has perfected it, in my opinion. He just doesn't have enough to support around him yeah. to, to really succeed, especially this year now being injured. But Arizona's for real. Their defense is for real. Their receiving is for real. And I don't know what Larry Fitzgerald's doing right now, but he should hop on that bandwagon now and go for that first and only ring because yeah. this is his best shot and he hasn't played. I, I would personally, being a huge Larry Fitzgerald fan as I am, part of the Eli Manning draft class, I think he should sign, even if he's playing, you know, 20, 25 snaps a game, just to get on board and finally get the ring he's deserved. Yeah, I agree with that. Agree. I mean, who isn't a Larry Fitzgerald fan? If you're not a Larry Fitzgerald fan, I don't want to talk to you. Yeah, you know, that's basically something that's wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, folks. Another week of the NFL season means another shot to win big at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. It's a no brainer. You might as well just do it. What are you waiting for? If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TPPN, throw down $1 on any NFL game, and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. 
one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. If we just want to briefly just talk about next week's game, I mean, do we? should we even bother talking about next week's game? <laughs> Giants are uh, double-digit underdogs. I mean, I mean what, what's this game going to be? Glennon to Tony? Is that is that the game plan? And no. then you have Jalen Ramsey on the other side of the ball, presumably going to be shadowing Tony, who is playing his fourth game in the NFL, or even, like, I would say the third meaningful game in the NFL. Oh, and don't forget, Deshaun uh, Jackson comes back to the house. Let's have him. Oh Let's God. welcome him. One of my least favorite players. <laughs> you know he's going to end up doing something that's going to just yep. piss every Giants fan off. Yep. Because that's what always happens. Whether it's him or any tight end in the league who comes to Giant MetLife Stadium, scores a touchdown when they're here. It's, <laughs> I, I think, you know, between Donald and last time they played Donald, Aaron Donald, he didn't really do too much, which mm. was very impressive on the Giants' part. But I, I, I just don't know how we're going to stop Stafford. I really don't. I, there, Cooper Cup is one of my favorite receivers in the NFL. I think he's phenomenal. He never gets enough due. Uh, I think he's now top, top five in receiving yards, and I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if he ends up number one because he and Stafford just have that it factor together and that rapport. Higby's fantastic. Um, I I just don't know how we're going to stop them. It's no different than the Cowboys. I just don't know how our defense can stop that offense, and I don't know where I don't think we're anywhere close to healthy enough to put up points against Donald Ramsey. For I mean, I'm sure Ramsey's going to take Tony one on one. They'd be stupid not to, and Tony may get the better of him a few times because he doesn't have they don't have a lot of tape on him, but it's still Jalen Ramsey. So. I mean, if we score twenty points, I'd be shocked. I, yeah. I think we have to uh, we have to do a rain dance or something. Let's let's hope that the weather shows up for us at least. I, I guess this is one of those games you need special teams to score. You need yeah. the defense to score, and we we almost had that. We almost had that in this last game, but um, we just couldn't capitalize. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be I mean, it's gonna be tough to win this one. Even if they had all the starters playing, or like a reasonable number of the starters, say every guy that went down in this game playing, I mean, if Andrew Thomas came back, I maybe they could put up some points. The defense is gonna get shredded. I mean, honestly, Stafford is looking really good, and he's an easy guy to root for. He's been a great player his whole career, and now finally has the opportunity to win some games. That being said, I mean, he's gonna they're gonna score, and like you said, Cooper Cup and him are incredible combination. I mean, their run game is nothing nothing special, but I don't think they're not going to be able to run against the Giants because if we saw it last week, it's not a, a hard thing to do. The tackles are getting missed. There's there's really not a lot of – I don't know what the game planning is that's going on for, you know, a Cowboys team that you knew was going to come out and run the ball. It's the same thing going to be in this game. I'm not, I'm not convinced the Giants are really going to do anything. It's going to be not a fun game to watch. I think yeah. they're going to end up having to feature Evan Ingram, which they should have in the second half last week. And I, I found it hilarious that the catch that he made on that out, which was pro- one of the hardest catches on any pass thrown to him, he makes and makes it look easy. And they just stopped throwing him the ball. And it's perplexing, man. It, it, it's so perplexing because Rudolph, he, I think, what did he get? One or two passes thrown his way? I just don't understand Garrett. Week in, week out, he just changes his philosophy on a whim and doesn't use the weapons that he has to their advantage. 
um, to his advantage, I should say, Rudolph in the in the red zone, Ingram at all. He uses him in the running game more in the pe- than the passing game, which just still boggles my mind. But <laughs> I mean, it took him four weeks to figure out what to do with uh, with Galladay too. Not that he's playing, but and I think a lot of that had to do with health. Yeah. But I mean, it took him four weeks to, or judging and um, and um, Garrett to get Tony off the bench. It took yeah. him four weeks to get parrot off the bench and it's all because of injuries and i just don't that still boggles my mind like i said in my tweet today but the the tweet from uh i think it was dan orlovsky had a good one today said jones slayton shepherd uh tony and barkley the five of them have played a combined total of 17 snaps on the field this season and i don't know how many they're gonna play this season and um, if they added ingram to that it would be less. Mm. I mean, this is the story of this team, not just this year, but the past few years. These weapons have never been on the field at the same time. And, you know, I, like, lamented the Tony pick at the time because I didn't think, like, the Giants needed another wide receiver. But obviously they did because no one can stay on the field. I mean, my, it's crazy. My, my dad said something yesterday, and he said it in the past, but it's been a couple of years, and it's such an apropos word to use. And it, it just seems like it's us and it's nobody else in the league. Snake bitten. Mm-hmm. This is what this organization is, snake-bitten. It's absurd. I mean, I hope that they fire Gettleman and they fire, fire their training staff, too, because something has got to change. Well, the lead pipe drill has got to gotta go. The And I, I, I shared this today, too, because when Reese was fired, he was fired after week, I believe, it was 13. And I, I, I truly believe, like, Gettleman should have already been fired. But now that it's... We're just after the first quarter of the season. They're going to wait. There's no reason for them to do it now unless there was a GM candidate that they desperately wanted and to hire, which who knows what they're thinking at this point. But why not get ahead of it so you can start planning now? I, it's, it's, I couldn't agree more. And I think the biggest thing, if there was a candidate that they wanted to bring on board, I think the most important element of it is bring the GM on now so that, or in, in halfway through the season, so that he can evaluate Judge because that gives him half a season to see if he really wants to make a change at head coach because that's not changing in season. That's, it's just not. No matter what happens, it's he's not the person that's going to be fired in season. He's just not. But with Gettleman, I, I don't think it's just not in Mara's DNA to fire a GM until they're completely out of it. And that means like out of the wild card, completely eliminated. So that could be early if they lose a bunch of these next few games, but and Dallas keeps winning <laughs> and others and whatnot. But um, I think we're just going to have, you know, another month or two, probably two of this type of Giants football where we see some excitement from certain players but the wins just aren't there. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of these games come down to the wire, you know, the end, and I, I don't see Mike Lennon, you know, keeping up pace to make that happen this week either. So, yeah, it's not going to be – it's going to be a rough one. <laughs> yeah, and, and again, I give kudos to Glennon because he came out and he played He played his heart out. He played well. I, I, I have no issues with how he played. He came in, took the offense over. I think he played then better than Colt McCoy ever did. Yeah, with the Giants yeah. last year, during, he took over that offense, and his throws were crisp. He was hitting Tony. He was taking advantage of the players that were performing well, which was 
only Tony, but (laughs) at the same time, like, I mean, they scored a touchdown immediately upon him entering the game with the Booker, with the Booker dive. And I know that's not him specifically, but they did score. So like, I give him credit for getting the ball in the end zone, moving the offense, but at the end of the day, it's still Mike Glennon. It's still Devontae Booker versus a vaunted defense and a vaunted offense on the other side. We'll see what happens. I'm predicting it's going to be a blowout. If it's not, I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll give some kudos to, to the team, but I just hate giving kudos to teams when they, we just can't get W's. I'd rather play like crap and get the W at the end of the day and we'll live to fight another day. Yeah, I mean, I would just say get the bottle of Jameson out because you're going to need it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Colin, you got anything else you want to add before you uh, wrap it up? Or uh, I don't I don't think so. Let, let's – I mean, I don't I, – we don't even have anything to look forward to. I guess let's see some consistency out of, out of Tony. See if it's, if it's something that, you know, uh, we have something in him and he's going to continue to perform, then great. Then you can build around that in the, the wide receiver room and then – that's it. We focus on that. I hope Leonard Williams gets a sack. That would be awesome. Yeah, that would be great. I'd, I'd be okay I just want to see him disrupt. I don't even need to see the sacks. Just sure. get in the backfield. Yeah. I mean, his the, one of his one and a half sacks this season came on a coverage sack. Yep. And, I mean, Austin Johnson's outplaying him, and Austin Johnson isn't playing the majority of the snaps, or, or at least not even 80% of the snaps. Yeah. I, I don't get it. I, I really don't get what has happened to this defense in a year. It can't just be Dalvin Thomas. It just yeah, can't. You're right. All right. Well, with that being said, thank you guys for listening. Please follow the Pigskin Pod Network at Pigskin Pod Net on Twitter. Please subscribe to Big Blue United on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to reach us directly, you can send us an email to BigBlueUnitedPodcast at gmail.com. Well, have a good one. Looking forward to Sunday. I'm sure everybody else is. Blue skies will return someday. Who knows? Have a good night. Thank you, Ian, also, for coming on. Anytime. Appreciate it.